Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. Amen. If you're ready to get in the Word, say, I'm ready, let's go. All right, just checking the temperature in the room, making sure you're alive and well. As you know, and I'm, by the way, you had no idea what I'm preaching today. And he gets up here and he makes the statement, and I'm going to steal it and use it and put it in here. I'm going to put it in my message in a minute. Be where your feet are. Now, as soon as he said it, I knew what what that relates to in the message. So I'm going to use it and tie it in here in a minute. So thank you so very much. So we're in this collection of talks around the subject, killing the things that are killing you. Whether, or not, whether you know it or not, the enemy, John 10, 10, says that the thief, that is the devil, Satan, has come to steal, kill, and to, des- to destroy. And there are things, there are things that we go through in life that are, their main objective is to destroy you, to steal from you, and to kill whatever hope you have in, in fulfilling your purpose that Christ Jesus has for you. As we get ready to roll into the holidays, I was thinking of maybe what's another, um, what's a, what's a, what would be, a, what would be a, the biggest killer to a thankful heart as we step into um, the Thanksgiving Season. What's the what's the one thing that will stop us <laughs> from being grateful? Anybody know what it is? It's a word that starts with a C. It's called comparison. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> did y'all hear that? Comparison. Comparison will kill everything about you. It will kill your marriage. It will kill your relationship with your kids. Students, comparison will also kill your relationship with your parents who, who are trying their best to provide for you what Timmy and Johnny, they have. Y'all remember those days? What are we doing? We're comparing to what, y'all know at Christmas time, what do we do? We're comparing, what'd y'all get for Christmas? What'd you get for Christmas? We're missing the whole, we're missing the whole moment of what it's really all about. And I'm not saying knocking, knocking the gifts because the greatest gift was Christ Jesus given to us. But when we, but when we, focus up here, when we co- start comparing our lives to everybody else's, we kill the moment for what God is trying to do in ours. I've titled today's message simply this, Crushing Comparison. Crushing Comparison. Comparison is a thief it will rob you of your joy, which, by the way, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So comparison makes you weak. Especially when you're experiencing the blessings and the favor of God on your life, comparison will swoop right in to show you the highlight reel from someone else's blessing. Comparison will rob you of the blessing and favor you're walking in because you like what somebody else's blessing and favor looks like. This is not going to be one of those messages. I, I really felt like this was going to be the, the nice, you know, thankful message, and let's just deal with comparison. I think comparison is actually more evil than what I thought it was when I started start preparing it. Say this. Say, be 
where your feet are. Now, let me go ahead and tag it so I don't forget it later. Just because you know that, that God has something for you, don't come, and, and you know that God, uh, we'll use the church for example. We have 12 acres. We're at 54,000 or whatever, roughly. We're looking at about a $2.5 million building, something like that. Are we waiting to raise $2.5 million? No, we're not. We are waiting on the interest rate to come down because I believe being good stewards with what God has given us. But if all I do is sit around and go, God, this is, you have something so great for us, but, but where we are doesn't look like that. Be where your feet are. Be where your feet are. I know that God has a blessing for me in my life, and, but, but where I am doesn't look like it's a, very much of a blessing. No, but be where your feet are. Because the reason, probably the reason that he hasn't brought the blessing to you is because you're running around comparing everything else to where you are right now. And even if he brought it to you, you would destroy it because you're not where your feet are. You're where you want to be rather than he's trying to teach you something where you are. Be where your feet are. Let me, let me, let me, let me explain it this way. Have you ever been like really having a good day? Until you see somebody else who's having a better day than you. <laughs> like you really woke up, God, this is going to be a great day. And you put the music on and you're kissing your spouse and getting the kids out the door. It's just going to be a great day. Then you get to work and somebody else shows up with a brand new ride, wearing brand new clothes, just got back from an amazing vacation. And you thought your life was great. Now it sucks. Right? It doesn't, but that's what we think. Right? Why? Because we're comparing C. I don't know what C looks like to y'all. Is that C to y'all? Okay, C. So I make sure I don't, because it's backwards to me. That's what should have been a good indicator, Bradley. Comparison is a thief and a killer. Maybe you really love your house until you walk through your neighborhood and notice a new house that got built over the past nine months. And now you're like, where'd that house come from? You thought your house was great, but you look back and go, man, my house sucks. Well, a good indicator is you need to get out and walk your neighborhood more. Because if you ain't been walking in nine months, there's a problem. Okay, I'll leave that right there. It wouldn't have been so disappointing. You might have actually celebrated the person who's got a house that's being built. See, until we learn to celebrate somebody else's blessing, I just believe that God's going to withhold what he has for us because you lack appreciation and you lack gratitude and actually you're full of pride feeling like I deserve. We live in a society that, that feels so entitled. And we back it and support it with comparison. <laughs> you feel like you got a really good job until your buddy, you find out your buddy makes more than you make. I'll never forget in the eighth grade, I think I've actually shared this before. I'll never forget in the eighth grade, we, we actually had, had uh, just moved to Chiefland. It was Christmas. And and, and I got a new pair of shoes, and I thought they were the coolest shoes. Like, I thought they were, to me, they were. They were called Elise or Elise or something. It's E-L-L-E-S-S-E. -S -S -E. Some of y'all probably already Googling now. I thought they were cool shoes. As a matter of fact, they're from an Italian sports store in Italy. So I'm like, man, I'm, I'm somebody. Until I get to school and find out they got, they got, 
Deion Sanders uh, Sander shoes that, that look like spaceship shoes. You got Reeboks with the pump. It was a pump with Reebok that had the pump on them, I think. Like they, everybody had these cool shoes. And I'm like, and then start, you know, you know how you do it. What'd you get? What is what I, and this is what I got. And I'm like, man, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get nothing. <laughs> Y'all can't see my Elise or whatever they are. Now, I, I will say this. They, they at least had laces on them. They weren't, the, you know, the, the kind that had the Velcro straps. I did graduate from those. But I'll never forget in that moment, I'll never forget, me too, never forget. I like to slide, just slide them on in. I'll never forget in that moment I had never felt so ungrateful, wasn't, wasn't even more, but I, 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 just, I just felt completely, yeah, ashamed, less than, worthless. Robin wasn't working at the time. Dad was a youth pastor at a, at a local church here in town. He wasn't making a lot of money in youth ministry. And he did the best he could. I had a new pair of shoes. But I was comparing what I had to what everybody else had. I'd like to tell you that as a 48-year-old man, <laughs> that would be me, that I, that I, I have mastered comparison now it's not shoes and those type things anymore but there are ways that I compare where I am in my life to how other people are in their life anybody else if you brought your Bibles this morning let's go to the book of Hebrews chapter 12 because I believe comparison is something that we all wrestle with and that's why we're going to talk about it for just the next 25 minutes or so Hebrews chapter 12 beginning with verse 1 says this Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Who is that? that, are the, that are, that's the people who have gone on before us who are in glory. So anytime you feel like you're alone, you are not alone. There is, if we could break back the heavens and we could see that there is a slew of people in the grandstands of heaven that are cheering us on today. I know two of them that are cheering us on today. Dennis and Robin are cheering us on because you said it, Paul. They were highly invested in this ministry and in this community, even though dad wasn't birthed here, raised here, and, and most of the time wasn't even accepted here. But he's still invested. And I guarantee you, I, I can tell you, dad was not somebody who compared where he was to where you were. So, so we're surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. He goes on to say, let us strip off every weight. Everybody, everybody say every weight. Every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. It says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. I'm here today to tell you that comparison is a weight that will slow you down from getting to where God wants you to be. I love how the Passion Translation puts that verse. It says this, and I think it's on the screen for you as well. It says, we must let go of every wound. <laughs> we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon. Can I tell you why? If, if you're in this race of life, and we all have a race, there's, God has a plan for you. That's the purpose of today, let you know there is a race for you. He created you specifically for that race. 
But it, we will not win that race. Oh, gosh, I'm, there's so much. I, 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 it's going to be here in a minute, but I'm already wanting to jump into it. Until you let go of every wound that's pierced you, that's an offense. Until you let go of that wound, until you, until you strip away the sin that we so easily fall into, you're going to have a hard time running. It's like if I had a bunch of weights today and I'm trying to run my race weighted down, I'm probably going to trip up and fall, look like a, a moron, right? Y'all going to laugh once you know that I'm okay, <laughs> right? But I can't run the race that he's put for me. It's the same thing when I'm running my race and I'm watching what you're doing and how God's blessing you and what vacation you're on and what new truck you got and what house you just built. I'm, I'm all over myself. I, I'm, basically what's happening is it, it, you think about the track around a football field. There's lines on that track. You don't just have a free-for-all. Anybody ever ran track in school? I didn't, I didn't do that. Good for you. Man, congratulations. That, that was y'all's calling. It was not mine. And so, and so, 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 so you've got this lane and you're, and you're, and you're constantly trying to stay in your lane. But if I'm looking at how well you're running, I can't keep up the pace that I was once doing because I've slowed down because I'm worried about you. Am I going to lose? Is he going to lose? I'm worried about it. I'm comparing where I am to where you are. God is saying, I have a plan for you in this passage of scripture. He, he called it a race. He said, I've got a race that's marked out for you. Here's the catch. In order to win it, we've got to focus on the race that is marked out for us. As a ministry, we have to focus on the race that is marked out for us. We can't focus on what other ministries are doing. And let me just say this. You can't be focused on other ministries that may be doing it like you're doing it. I had another pastor in this town shortly after we moved here said that God has brought you to this community to be, I don't, he didn't use the word trendsetter, but he said to set a standard. This is another, this is another pastor in town. There, there's not, we're not comparing. We're not, we're not, you're doing it better. I know how the enemy works, but he looked at me in the altar, didn't even know me, but he's been watching. Clearly he had been watching. And we've, we've become really good friends. And he said, God has put you here to set the standard. Where you are, are you setting the standard? Where you are, what's the standard you're setting? Are you hanging out with everybody else's standard? Or are you bringing the standard up? Here's the good news about your race. It's a fixed right. It's a fixed race. It's fixed. You're going to win. When you do it the way God says, you're a winner. <laughs> Paul, Paul even tells his friends at the church in Ephesus, he says, never forget that God doesn't just have a plan for us, but he created us perfectly for that plan. That's a fixed fight. That's a fixed race. Amen. You will win. Let's just go there. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says this, for we are God's masterpiece. Everybody say, I'm a masterpiece. Turn to your spouse and say, you, you, you heard me. I'm a masterpiece. Amy Weber, I said it. You a masterpiece. See what I'm talking about? That's the kind of, that's the kind, that's the kind, that's what I need right there. Not me telling her what I think I am, but her telling me what she sees in me. Mm -hmm. 
That's what I married. Ephesians chapter 2. For, for we are God's masterpiece. He, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Everybody say, I'm becoming new. Yep. And, and in Christ Jesus, so, so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. You are not a mistake. You are not an accident. You are God's masterpiece. You were created in Christ Jesus. If you were here over the past few weeks when we were talking and we were breaking some things down, and I told you that Christ is not his last what? It's not his last name. So so you were created in Christ Jesus, meaning you were created. Christ means the anointed one. So you were created within the anointing that Jesus carried. Ooh, I don't even think y'all understand. You were created in Christ. You were anointed to run the race. It's a fixed race. If you would do it according to scripture and, and, and shake off all the ground of your traditions and tear down the walls of your religion, are you with me, church? Now I see how all this is tying in. It's a fixed race and you will win. Say created in Christ. Okay. What that means is created in Christ Jesus that you're not, you don't have to run the race in your own strength. It's going to be his. $2.5 million? $2.5 million. Over $10,000 a month mortgage in Chiefland. What? I know. I don't have to worry about it. Have I? You better believe I have. But will I continue? No. Because it's not my strength. It's his. It's not my church. It's his. You're not mine. You're his. That's not our. That's, that's his 12 acres. We just have to steward it and manage it well. And he's watching how we're stewarding and managing what we have now. Be where your feet are. He'll, t- he'll lead you and take you where you're supposed to go. Don't worry about that. Here's your takeaway from that verse, Ephesians 2.10. Even though you may feel like you're aimlessly walking through life, God brought you here today to hear these words right here. You ready? Here it is. I've got a plan for your life. I've got a race set for you to run. I want you to stay in your lane. Ever told somebody that when they, when, they break, when they break out and start worrying about your business? Stay in your lane. I've told some family members that. Well, I may not have, but I felt like I needed to. Stay in your lane. Not this family immediately, but family. Y'all know family can be messy. Yeah? Okay, let me keep on going because I need you to stay right here not thinking about your family mess. I've created you perfectly for your race. That's why God brought you here today, to let you know you have a race that you've been perfectly created for because there is something that I want you to experience along this journey. God wants you to get this. That's why he put this in the Bible, and that's why he brought us here today. But here's the problem. According to Scripture, comparison actually causes us to forget about our own significance and forget about our own race because we're too busy worrying about somebody else's race. Say that. Second <laughs> yeah. Corinthians chapter 10. I'm, I'm throwing some scriptures at y'all today, guys. 
2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm reading this from the New King James Version. For, For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. But they, but they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. There was another translation that says they are ignorant. Pride, prideful people are, are ignorant. <laughs> Pride will make you look ignorant. And if you've got pride in here, you didn't like what I just said. Real quiet up in here. Pride will cause you to compare your life to where you are to somebody else because you think you deserve what they have. And maybe you do. But pride will keep you right where you are. What God is telling us today is this. If we spend our time watching everybody else's race, we're not going to be able to run our race efficiently and effectively. This is the truth about comparison right here. We live in an age, in a culture, and in a society that promotes comparison. Anybody got one of these? This is a phone case, but y'all got a phone? We live in a culture that promotes the very thing that is killing us. And we keep coming back to it. Like a dog. We just keep coming back to it. Scrolling. Some of y'all probably already done it multiple times today. Scrolling. Probably woke up, hit the, turned the, turn that alarm off, picked up the phone, and started scrolling. Oh, look. Aren't they the perfect little family? Oh, they went on another vacation. Wish I could go on a vacation. Unfriend and unfollow. Uh-uh. Am I hitting home? Okay, I'm going to keep on going. Well, he's driving a truck I could never afford. Must be nice. Must be nice to always have the kids in school that win all the awards and win all the scholarships. Must be nice. <laughs> mm. Do you see what I'm saying? This is how we compare ourselves to everyone else. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not the social, anti-social media preacher. I use it myself. But I use it. I don't allow it to use me. According to the Pew Research Center, 69% of adults and 81% of teens in the U.S. use social media. This puts a large amount of the population at risk of feeling anxious, depressed, or ill over what they're seeing on social media because they're comparing where they are to where someone else is. And I'm just going to be honest, we post our highlight reels on here, not our worst moments. We will avoid, help me, Father. We will avoid moving from where we are 
to where God is really, the writing's on the wall, that we should be here instead of here, but we like here. We like how this here makes me look. Isn't this a beautiful background? Isn't this just a beautiful story that I'm posting? And we will stay stuck where we are when, when God is saying, the writing's on the wall. You're not supposed to be there. You're supposed to be here. Amen. Comparison is a strong, it is a strong, I don't know if it's a spirit, but I'm telling you, it's, it's a strong spirit. You don't even have to look on social media to compare. Just walk your neighborhood, right? Remember what I said, comparison is a thief. It was Theodore Roosevelt who said, and I quote, comparison is the thief of joy. He got it. Proverbs 14, Proverbs 14.30 says it this way. A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Jealousy is like cancer in the bones. As I started preparing for today's message, I just, I just did an internal check, and, 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 and I encourage you to do the exact same thing. And I asked myself this, how much time have I wasted living my life without joy because I've been spending that time comparing my life to others? How many weeks have I just gone through the motions in my own life because I was too busy watching the highlight reels from someone else's life? How many times in the past month have I felt and you felt like you're not enough simply because you've gotten so good at comparing your life to someone else's life? I'll never forget it was not long after... Um, I don't remember the timeline. I just remember we were getting ready to, to launch the building program somewhere around that time. And I went home on a Sunday after a powerful service and I got on my phone and, and I follow a friend of mine back home in Georgia who's a pastor who started his church. He's younger than me. And he has already purchased two buildings to call home for their church. And out of nowhere, he comes on and makes an announcement. He's standing in front of this beautiful campus of a church facility. Now, he already has a place that's theirs. We're still renting space. And we actually have more people than they have. You know why I know that? Because I was comparing. He just told me that. <laughs> Do you know why you noticed? Because you were comparing. Oh, I admit it, I was. That's why I'm telling you the story. He goes, on, he goes on the camera and he tells the, the people of his church, he's making the announcement and to those that follow their ministry that another church in town uh, was that facility, the ministry was it, basically, it, it was just it had a bunch of older people and the ministry was kind of dying off and they needed, some, another, they needed young blood to come in and take over, basically. They gave, gave, gave the entire campus that is set up for church ready. The kitchen, the auditorium, the kids' rooms, the office, gave it to them. Here's the keys. You can have it. God let, and I believe it was God that led that ministry to locate him and say, we want to give you this. And here I am going, we're just trying to get, 
I mean, we've, over 30 years of ministry, we've never had a place that we call ours. It's home. We're not renting it. It belongs to the ministry. I was beside myself. Why? Because I compared where we were to what was happening in somebody else's life. I just believe if Jesus was to show up in this room today, and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, every single person in here deals with comparison at some level. I guarantee you he would stand up in front of this room and he would say, Release City Church, stop it. Stop it. For your own family, stop it. If everybody left the room but you, he would say, stop it. Because I know immediately somebody's, somebody's probably going, oh, that's not for me. That's probably for somebody else. No, 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 no. It's for you. Everybody in the room but you. Everybody leaves but you. And you're right here. He would say, stop it. It's robbing you. It's a thief. And I have so much more for you. We'll miss out on what God has because we think it should be this. And God's got, actually got so much more. <laughs> if you believe it, somebody shout out, I know he does. I know he does. I know he does. I know he does. He would say, you're a masterpiece. I've created a race specifically for you, and you are perfect for the race. Stop ma matching yourself up to someone else's race. John 21, 17. I'm almost done. John 21, 17 says this. Oh, let me just, let me just give you the backstory. Jesus has already died on the cross for, for, for our sins, to pay the price for our sins, so that today we can simply say, God, I'm, I, I need forgiveness for my sins. So he died on the cross, he was in the grave for three days, you know the story, and now he's risen from the grave and he's appearing before some of his buddies. He's going to find some of his buddies. One of the first people that he sought out was a man by the name of Peter. Now the last time that Jesus saw Peter, you know the story, Peter was denying the fact that he even knew Jesus. Matter of fact, he did it three times because of the mob crowd. He did not want what was happening to Jesus to happen to him. And now Jesus is now resurrected, and he goes and finds Peter, and they're having this conversation, and Jesus asks Peter, Peter, do you love me? And, Jesus, and, and Peter says, yes, I love you. He said, then feed my sheep, which, by the way, that is actually the verse that this ministry, not Release City, but, but Calvary Worship Center, that is the verse that this church started on. When, when dad left another ministry and we were going to move back to North Carolina and, 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 and dad said, well, he's got, Brad has got one more year. I don't want to move him out of his senior year. We're going to stay here. And Jesus asked dad, do you love, do you love me? And dad said, yes. And he said, feed my sheep. And that's how the Bible study started that we now call Release City Church. And Peter and Jesus asked Peter that three times. He said, Peter, do you love me? Yes, I do. You know, I do. And here's the third one right here. It says this. And a third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was so hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. In essence, Jesus was saying, stop it, Peter. Stop looking at everybody else's race. What, what, what I'm, let, me, let, me get, let me get there. It's, it's uh, 19, verse 19. That's the part. Is it there? Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would, he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Peter turned around. Listen, here it is. This is it right here. Peter turned around and saw behind him the disciple that Jesus loved. Everybody say comparison. Okay. 
the one who had actually leaned over to Jesus during the supper and asked, the last supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? He, Peter was worried about what was going to happen to John. You're showing me how I'm going to die, how I've got to die to my flesh. What about him? How's he going to die? Let me say this. Don't get me wrong. It's okay to, to watch people and learn from other people, but it's not okay when we look at other people and go, I just want to be like them. I want their race to be my race. That's not okay. Because I do. I look at other ministries, and I, and I want to see, hey, how can we do it better? Well, that won't really work in our small community, but oh my gosh, that will work. Let's do that. The, the whole, uh, the, um, the Easter event, that was actually something we called it Kids Barn back in Pine Mountain, Georgia, at the ministry we were part of. And it was phenomenal. We had like 500 kids. And I thought, I mean, 500 people that would come out to that event. We moved here, asked Dad, hey, let's do it. We did it. First year, over 2,000 people. Church back home was over 1,000 people. We only could draw 500. So I'm like, Jesus, at least let a couple hundred people come and get all these eggs. 2,000 people showed up. So, so sure, I'm going to look and see, hey, what, what? it's okay to, to look, but, don't, but don't, 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 let, don't get caught up in what their race is like and what God's, how God's blessing them because there's a blessing for you, but you're not going to see it, and you're probably going to miss it because you're too busy worrying about somebody else's blessing. Okay. Here's a few indicators to let you know. I, you can actually pull your phones out and take a picture of this. I think I've got it on a screen. This is, a, this is an indicator to let you know if you have a problem with comparison. If you've ever, if you've ever, if, you, if you've ever, if you've ever said these words, what about me? You know, somebody's getting praise for doing something and you're like, yeah, but I did this. How about me? What about me? I wish, I wish I had that. I wish I could do that. I wish I got to do that. Must be nice. Let me say this. If you've ever felt that kind of way, it's okay. You're human. Listen to me. If you've ever said it, I'm not condemning you because those things are an indicator. Everybody say indicator. An indicator is I'm driving in my truck and my check oil light comes on. That's an indicator. It's okay. It's just my truck saying, hey, I'm a truck. I need oil. We need to take care of this soon. Or if too many days go by, you're going to have a problem. So if you've ever said, what about me? Oh, my gosh, I wish I had that. I wish I could. It's, it's okay. It's an indicator. But if you don't address it, you will wreck your life. Touch your neighbor, tell them, say it's an indicator. It's an indicator. If you're here and you say, I've got some indicator lights going off, what do I do? So glad you asked. Psalms chapter 139, verses 13 and 14 says this. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, say, you know I'm complex. Amy Weber, I am so complex. 
Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. Oh my gosh, that means there's, there, if you're complex, you're marvelous. How well I know it. You want to get rid of ugly, jealous, jealousy feelings? Those feelings of, I'm not good enough, and I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't look at everybody else. I, I can never have that. God is saying, what if you just took some of the time today, this week, praising me for how I made you, where I've got you, what I've given you, and watch the joy level in your life increase? It's a challenge I just gave you. Start thanking God. Say, God, I thank you for how you've made me. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I thank you for where you've got me. Because what do we do? Like where you got me. You said I should be there, but I'm stuck here. Be where your feet are. Be thankful for what he's given you. I'm telling you, it'll change what's happening in your soul. Here's my challenge for you today. What if you took this week and you took the top, just the top three times, just the top three times that you scroll on your phone? You, you know what they are? That's usually when you first wake up. That's usually when you're eating lunch. This is just, I'm just, and before you go to bed at night. And those are the three worst times you could, by the way. What if you took the top three times that you're normally scrolling social media platforms and you just stop scrolling and stop comparing your life and feeling less than? And what if you put your phone down and prayed this one prayer? I think it's on the screen. Did, did I put it there? No, not yet, not yet. Bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. I just jumped the gun. Just take it all off. Just take it all off. There you go. That's my bad. That's my bad. I got too happy. What if you start praying this prayer? I'm going to give it to you in just a minute, so have your phones ready. And you, but this is what you should be praying. God, thank you. I'm not watching anybody else run their race right now. I'm just grateful for my race. Thank you for how you've made me. Thank you for what you've given me. And thank you for where you have me right now. God, would you help me to change the world, right, my world right where I am? What if you took the top three times that you typically scroll and, and you <coughs> prayed that prayer? <coughs> In closing. Everything that I shared with you today I've experienced. I know what happens when the indicator light comes on and you don't do anything about it. <coughs> I know what it's like when you just compare and compare and compare. God, I gave up this and now I have this. I thought when I gave this up, did you know, do you know, I heard this on a, I heard this on a podcast that I, was, that I was listening to this morning while I was getting ready. Did you know that when Abraham was pro given the promised land, he lived in a tent when he got there? Probably not what we would think. God, my promised land is going to be. I look at our lives and we are so blessed more than I deserve more than we deserve when we said yes 
to the move, we weren't guaranteed anything. There was nothing guaranteed. Not a salary. Matter of fact, we said yes before we even had a home to come to. We said yes before there was, Amy even had a, a job. But if I recall correctly, we came down after Thanksgiving, correct? Or we were down here for Thanksgiving. And two interviews got lined up. And before we even got, listen to me, she had two back-to-back, two different schools in this district. I'm not bragging on my wife. I'm bragging on God, by the way, because we said yes. We didn't even get to the light right here in front of Walmart before she already... If I'm not mistaken, already locked in the deal. Or, or it was, we, we knew. Now, originally, it was, there's no way because of the, the money. I mean, we drove away from the interview and looked at the finances. Like, there's no way that could happen. Let me tell you how God works. Stop comparing where you are, what you have. Because we could have compared where we were and the things that we had. And if you would have looked at it and said, I think Janelle even made a statement. I'm not going to go into detail, but... They're not moving here because she was comparing. Do you know what I'm talking about? You were comparing what we had. And you told me, I told Paul, they will not come. I'm so glad you were wrong. You'll even compare, you'll even compare other people's moments and could block them. I'm not cutting. I'm just saying, you could potentially, especially if you speak it out. She didn't call and tell us while we lived in LaGrange. She told us once we got here and it was confirmed. I said all this to say, stop comparing your story, your race, where you are. Comparison, if it is not crushed, will destroy your life. The commitment that I'm making to myself and to you today is that my focus from here on out is going to be my race. I'm not worried how other churches are doing it. My focus is this church, this is my race. I'm not worrying if my preaching style is what you like. My focus is how God made me, how God wired me, and the skill set that he gave me. I wasn't meant to be hard. That's me telling my flesh. Because I could quickly, what do you want to hear? You know the Bible says that in the last days people have itching ears and they, they'll, they'll, only, they'll only stay with what they want to hear. I'm not worried if I get the hearts and likes on social media because my focus isn't on because my focus is on the fact that God likes me and he loves me just the way I am. I'm not worried about your home, your car, your family vacations and your bank account. My focus is on the blessings and favor of God that he has given me. I, I, the reason I'm saying this isn't to show you a boldness in me. This is a humbling experience for me to go, these are some things that I may have had an issue with. And I'm trying to lead by example, lead from the front and go, maybe these are some things that you should say. <coughs> I'm going to say this for all the married men. 
Not because this is an issue of mine. I just want to say that because I don't want the enemy to twist it. But I don't have time to covet someone else's spouse because I've got my own. I told you at the very beginning, comparison. Ooh, look what she's got. Ooh, look what he's got. Comparison will kill and destroy your marriage. That is why it is almost, it's so easy for us to get caught up in garbage. Was Pastor Bradley Amy having problems? No. Is he covering somebody else's spouse? No. I'm just telling you, I don't have time to get caught up in it because I have my own. I'm too busy serving my wife. I'm too busy serving my family to get distracted by the schemes and plans of the enemy to see what you've got going on in your house. If I'm taking care of business in my house, I don't have to worry about your house. I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I don't even know why I said that. Because I don't care. I'm telling you, it's so freeing. I know it's 12-12. Would you wrap it up? I'm getting there. People's lives and their homes and their marriages and their relationships and churches are being destroyed because of comparison. Here's the altar call today. Adam, get ready. Get your phones ready because I want you to take a picture of this screen. In just a moment. Hold it. Hold it, Connor. After hearing today's message, if comparison has been an obstacle in your life, here's what I believe God is asking you to do. Number one, here it is. Repent. Repent. If comparison has been an issue, remember, I'm not knocking it because I too have had an issue with comparison. Repent. Ask God, what is it that I'm called to do? Because a lot of times, it's an unclear vision that causes us to look across the fence at someone else's grass. Did you hear me? Because a people without a vision cast off restraint. If your grass isn't as green as your neighbor's, maybe it's time for you to start watering your own. And then, after you've repented and you've asked God, what is it that I'm called to do? Pray this prayer. You'll have to take the picture and then zoom it in, but I'm going to read it to you. God, thank you for how you made me. Thank you for what you've given me. And thank you for where where you have me. God, help me to run my race, walk in my calling, and change the world today right where you have me. My main mission today, as I close, and just a prayer, and that's it today, okay? No no closeout song. My main mission was to show up and to remind you that nobody can run your race but you and he just added this to the top of that don't leave your don't leave your lane empty don't leave your lane empty because if you ain't running it it's your race if you're not running it that lane's empty I'm going to tag it with this when you're not at church your lane is empty Did you hear me? When you're because because this is a part of your race. 
And when you're not here, not only is your seat empty, but your lane is empty. Nobody can win your race but you. And the fastest way to lose your race is to start watching other people run theirs. Comparison. Give us a a closing blessing. Remember, we do not have church this coming up Sunday. Use that as a time to spend with your family and friends and focus on those areas that I just gave you. And watch the joy increase in your life as we close out 2023 strong and step into 2024 running running a crazy race. Amen. I love you. God bless you. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.